With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning. Welcome to Elder's Targeted Individual Community Call. It's Wednesday, October 5th, 2016. I'm going to do a quick talk and then um, put a recording on. Targeting was theorist retaliation uh, using every weapon available, basically mainly the uh, acoustic and the infrasonic resonance so that they could vibrate the whole house and doing uh, full body from the top of the back of the neck and it uh, fires all the way down the central nervous system. And I know where the damages to my spine have come from. Um, simply for speaking out and then going on another target show and we, we talked about some stuff. So standard operating procedure, they, you know, the truth tellers, if, if, if they thought we were full of shit, you wouldn't need to target someone because they're just full of shit. But when you're a truth teller, they come after you with everything they've got. So um, there's a woman, and I didn't know about this one, which is really odd because I did a lot of research and targeting. Um, but I was told by Nigel last night that um, a woman by the name of Gloria Naylor, uh, she was an author. And um, she passed away of a heart failure. But what I didn't know, which he told me, was that she was also a targeted individual. And I found an interview that she did. Uh, and apparently she had authored a book by, uh, called, or entitled 1996. And it talks about her experience as a victim of the state, corporate, and academia-sponsored, sanctioned, and covered up domestic terrorism. Uh, so, Gloria, this is in uh, NewYorkTimes.com uh, under the book section. Gloria Naylor, National Book Award winner, dies at 66 by Daniel E. Slotnick, 3 October 2016. Gloria Naylor, whose debut novel, The Women of Brewster Place, won a National Book Award and was adapted into an acclaimed miniseries that starred and was produced by Oprah Winfrey, died on Wednesday near her home in Christianstead, VI, Virgin Islands. She was 66. The cause of was heart failure, her niece Cheryl Rant said. Ms. Naylor's novel addressed social issues including poverty, racism, sexism, and gay rights, usually through intricately drawn black female characters. The Women of Brewster Place, 1982, presented seven interlocking narratives, each centered on a different woman living in a decrepit housing project. The women struggle together against an indifferent and hostile world, surviving in the face of rape, homophobia, and a child's death. Just as she went to reach for the girl's hand, she stopped as if a muscle spasm had overtaken her body and cowardly shrank back. Ms. Naylor wrote of a neighbor trying to comfort the dead child's mother. Reminiscent of old, dried over pains were no consolation in the face of this. They had the effect of cold beads of water on a hot iron. They danced and fizzled up while the room shrank, stank from their stream, steam. 
Critics praised the women of Brewster Place, even if Gloria Naylor's first novel were not the emotionally satisfying and technically accomplished book that it is. Her decision to set it on Brewster Place, a one-street ghetto, would have been courageous, Susan Bolton wrote in the New York Times in 1982. What is marvelous, however, is that she doubled her own dare by leaving in a predictable landmark of archetypical characters, archetype, archetypical characters, the usual clues, and made the whole thing work. The women of Brewster Place won both the American Book Award and the National Book Award for first novel in 1983. The same year, Alice Walker's The Color Purple won the National Book Award for best novel. It gained further attention when Oprah Winfrey adapted it for ABC in 1989 as a two-part television movie in which Ms. Winfrey starred with Robin Givens, Mary Ellis, and Cicely Tyson. It got high ratings and drew some criticism for its negative depiction of black men. Viewers may find themselves wondering how black society has ever managed to produce any men deserving respect, John J. O'Connor wrote in The Times in 1989. But he added, despite this nagging imbalance, the women of Brewster Place provided a good many moments of remarkably affecting television. Ms. Naylor's other books include Lyndon Hill's 1985, a depiction of upwardly mobile black suburban life with echoes of Dante's Inferno, Bailey's Cafe in 1992, a look at the complicated dance of patrons and purveyors at a greasy spoon in 1940s Brooklyn, and The Men of Brewster's Place in 1998, in which she fleshed out the ancillary stories of the men who appeared in her earlier novels. Her honors also include National Endowment of the Arts and Guggenheim Fellowships. Gloria Naylor was born in Manhattan on January 25, 1950. She received a bachelor's degree in English from Brooklyn College and a master's degree from Yale University before she became a successful writer. Ms. Naylor held several jobs, including telephone operator. She later taught at New York University and the University of Pennsylvania and other colleges. She was survived by her sister, Bernice Harrison, her nieces and nephews. So that's Ms. Naylor, an educated woman who spoke about the plight, who, who was an author. Here's Ms. Naylor from a book, apparently, and I noticed they didn't put that in the New York Times, but there apparently is a book Called, uh, entitled 1996 that Ms. Naylor also wrote and she goes into detail about her targeting. What's really phenomenal is because she was a writer she was able to pick up on the things rather quickly. But she was targeted from 1996 and in 2004 they did this interview. Uh, <clears throat> And apparently they had other things to say about her mental health, as they usually do, to people who come out. But you're talking about an educated woman. So this is Cutting Through the Matrix with Ellen Watt, uh, targeted individual Gloria Naylor.
Sorry about that. This thing has these weird ads that pop in. Takes a second for the next one to come on. So this is Ms. Naylor back in 2004 in an interview, um, and I had no idea. But when I started listening to it, I'm like, oh, my goodness. It's like it's like a mirror image of things that I've said. I don't even know who this person is. Other than the fact, I mean, I knew what, of the women of Brewster Place, but it was like, wow, it's amazing. Here's this woman in two... Uh, Here's a woman in, in, in 1996 beginning targeting. I'm sorry, she wrote 1996, began noticing targeting, wrote a book about the targeting. But see, she was intelligent enough through her means of critical thinking that, wait, this is government. 
These are operations. These are military-grade technologies. These are the tactical operations that are being utilized because as a writer, you usually notice things around you. So here we go. Thanks for coming with us. Would you like to 
walk in the botanical garden without being observed. You couldn't go buy a newspaper. You couldn't eat a meal. You know, you felt as if you were a bug under glass. Now, at this point, when did you first start writing the book after this occurred? Oh, I didn't start writing the book until 2002. And, uh, you know, this is such an extensive story. I mean, first of all, on this show, we've had numerous people on that have talked about the same types of things, uh, you know, how people have been targeted. I know it's difficult to explain why. And you do get into your book uh, uh, and try to explain why this has happened to you. But the question I have is, you know, you had a voice that is uh, so credible uh, that it's almost uh, needed by people uh, I first started dating really just people, uh, you know, common everyday people who never were in the limelight, who never experienced this type of success that you had. And they, they frankly, many people doubted uh, their stories and basically uh, were, were considered uh, to be psychologically imbalanced. And I kept believing these people because the, the numbers just mounted and mounted and mounted and uh, decided to look at this very seriously. With your voice added to this, what have you found as far as the numbers of people that are being targeted in our country? Well, I don't have any information as far as whether it's escalated or not escalated. I don't really think it has. I personally don't think that my book is a threat to the people who operate these programs and the intelligence community because they're hoping one will be dismissed. Two, one interesting thing has happened is that it has not been reviewed except in about two minutes. And even when I was a new writer with my first novel, I was in cure all over the place. But there has been like this deafening silence from the mainstream media about this book. Choosing the right place can help take the stress. Okay, here's another advertisement. Sorry about that. So you remember, this is a woman who was targeted in the, in the 90s, and if and she's telling her story about this, and then wrote a book about it. But like she's saying, you know, the women of Brewster Place, and she's an award-winning writer. She's got, she's an educated woman, master's degree, bachelor's degree, taught at uh, University of New York, I believe it said, and then Pennsylvania. And yet, look at what they did to her. So it can be anybody, anybody.
voice talking, went to the noise, the harassment, then into the voice to skull type of harassment. Uh, anything else that they uh, attempted to do with you as far as any kind of microwave weaponry, anything else that you noticed? Not as far as the things that I've read about, like with your limb switching or with nature or that kind of thing. That's never happened to me. But they attack. But they attack. Is your strongest front. And so what they attacked for me, and we can talk about it later in December 1996, yeah. during 1996, what they were attacking was my mind. Because I worked with my mom. And they couldn't destroy me financially because I was financially comfortable. Yeah. So what you do is that you destroy someone's future potential. Not just to earn an income, but to create good work. Do you think they were using you uh, without going into the real reasons why this happened? I know you touched upon this in your book. Do you think they were using you as an experiment, perhaps? Definitely. Scary. Very, very scary. So we're going to continue. We're going to keep you after the hour. Uh, continue on with Gloria Naylor. Uh, back in three minutes on the Investigative Journal. Okay, we're back at the Investigative Journal. I'm talking to Gloria Naylor. Very successful writer. She's had uh, many books published. Uh, her life changed well in 1996. And uh, she published a book called 1996 talking about how uh, the government has been uh, harassing her in many, many different ways. Um, tell us, you know, one interesting thing. I want to get back uh, to this point before we get back to your experiences. You said that, uh, you know, usually when you write a book, everybody comes out and um, because of your background, because of your success, we'll review that book. Uh, right. You noticed the deafening silence regarding 1996. That's the American Library Association, which is very important uh, for book publishers because librarians read that journal and they order books for their libraries. Uh-huh. They review the book very favorably. Okay. And book clients reviewed it. And black book review reviewed it. But beyond that, nothing at all.
Okay, I'm going to shut it, um, um, cut it off at um, 2651. This is Gloria Naylor's interview that she did with, um, I'll give you the link for those in the chat. Um, and as you know, she was the uh, author, um, educated, taught at uh, New York University and University of Pennsylvania, which is, I might get into that later. You can hear the rest of the interview. It's about 49 minutes and 58 seconds. She passed um, on September 28th of heart failure. And she wrote a book called 1996, apparently, and from the women of Brewster Place, um, which was produced by Oprah Winfrey for an ABC miniseries, to being targeted. And then she wrote this book, 1996, and she details um, her targeting about government surveillance. This is way before the Snowden leaks. See, you can't know to such a detail about what's transpiring other than if you're in other than if you're a participant, and even participants don't know because it's highly compartmentalized. But those in the government agencies, corporate agencies, and some in academia, they do know what the architectural structure is about. And only people who are either in that or victims of it would know how to detail it to that extent. And Ms. Naylor um, appeared to have nailed it. I didn't even know about this until uh, Nigel, another TI, uh, told me that she was the author and that she had died of heart failure. It was in the New York Times. Um, let me give you the New York Times article. Uh, it was in the New York Times. You can get it on other ones. It says, Gloria Naylor, National Book Award winner, dies at 66. And I had no idea that she was targeted. I didn't even know. Uh, I knew about the, uh, you know, the women of Brewster Place. I'd seen the miniseries, but I didn't know about the author herself having come out and writing a book about being targeted. So you can hear the rest of her interview um, from the link, the upstream link. And um, it's really sad. So here's a woman who was, uh, usually writers are highly aware of their surroundings. So to be able to articulate and write a book uh, and detail the surveillance and the, tech, the technologies, and yet they've been around for a long time. You know, something that I heard or I had watched, I had watched that, that Steve Jobs movie about Apple, the rise of Apple and Stephen Jobs, and he made a comment, and I don't know if he actually made the comment, but he said, I've been waiting for technology to catch up with what I envisioned. And that was the absolute truth. The computational speed of computerized technologies in the 90s went through the roof. It just, it leaps and bounds. We're at quadrillion plus bits per second in computational speeds. So if you had the idea of brain-machine interfaces, okay, you couldn't do it until the technology, the, the computational speed of technological means were capable of firing at the same rate as the neurons in our brain, the synaptic neurons in our brain. They've been developing directed energy weapons. I have the NATO report of the whole concept of non-lethal weapons. And it was back in the early 90s. So for her to come out and dis discuss this and then write a book about it, and although I'm sure she was highly discredited, because I noticed in her obituary from the New York Times they don't mention the book she wrote in 1996. But she was able to detail it, and I had no idea that this Miss Naylor was targeted. 
So I'm sure there's tons of people in the TI community like Nigel and others who knew I didn't know about this. And so while we were talking about it, I happened to start looking for information, and I found the interview. And hopefully Nigel will do a show and read the obituary and also um, um, do the recording. So anyway, I wanted to share that and talk about the targeting that happened as retaliation because of what this whole insurance at work and not having certain um, the vision and the dental and the, just just the the sheer brutality of retaliation. So always you have to think of it like this: targets when they have to come after you that hard and that vicious from your work to the street to to the weaponry in the privacy of your home. It's not because you're full of shit. Because if you were full of shit, they wouldn't care. They'd just pass you by like they do homeless people. It's because everything you're saying is so close to the truth that they step up the targeting. Have a good day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.